It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas here on Eddie Street. Hello, and welcome to the Grace of Giving podcast. We're your hosts, James Riley and Grace Prasniewski. Well, gee, can you believe we're already in the holiday season? I know. It's crazy. We've got our You Are Christmas Mass and Brunch next Friday and our annual cookie exchange next Tuesday. <laughs> we're really diving headfirst into the holiday cheer over here. That's right, gee. And to help us kick off this month of festivities, we're joined by a great guest. Please help us welcome to the show Leadership Annual Giving Associate Director Danielle Filgara. Danielle, thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, James. Hi, Grace. Thank you guys for having me. This is so wonderful. I'm so happy to be here. Very excited to share a little bit about myself. Nice. Well, tell us a little bit about your background and where did you grow up? All that good stuff. Sure, absolutely. So my last name is a little bit difficult to pronounce. Uh, It sure has a lot of vowels in it. Um, You can say it, Filgueda in Spanish or Filguera in English. Um, It's actually a little town near Portugal in Spain, um, which is where my great-grandparents are from. Um, my dad was born in Cuba, and he escaped in 67 with his parents um, and moved to New York, grew up in Astoria, Queens. Um, he met my mom in New York. She's also Cuban. They met in New York, and I was born and raised in Miami. Wow. Grew up in a little tiny town called Miami Springs, founded in 1926 by Glenn Curtis, who is uh, known to be the father of naval aviation. So the town, the city limits are like right by Miami International Airport, actually, which is pretty cool. That is really cool. It's a little suburb. It's a nice little hidden gem of Miami. It's not not crazy traffic, and the schools are really great. So, yeah. Do you still have family in Miami? I do. So everyone is still in Miami Springs, basically. Yeah. My parents, my brothers. You can get back to some nice weather. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Another perk of this job is actually I'm uh, a. the south region right so yeah. i get to make it back oh. to florida pretty often oh, which is awesome. lovely yeah so you didn't really know snow or anything like that nope. growing up. not until i came to south bend <laughs> for undergrad yeah i had never experienced a winter before so oh my wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, exciting. when when you were in school what did you want to pursue as a career and why so i always um wanted to do something that helped humanity, essentially. I really thought I was going to be, you know, the, f- the first doctor to find a cure for cancer. Yes. Um, I just had those aspirations as a little girl. I always loved the sciences. But oddly enough, I was actually really talented in art. So I won my first art contest in second grade um, and continued winning many more after that. I was actually... Um, I'm a proud product of public school. I attended magnet schools, mm-hmm. so we had a lot of academics in the morning, and then I, w- I was a visual artist, so I would go to my you know, figure drawing class or painting, um, sculpture, ceramics, basically all fine arts. Um, I'm classically trained since middle school, essentially. I went on to receive a gold key for my portfolio my senior year of high school, and I, I basically had a full ride to any art school in the U.S., uh, RISD, Rhode Island School of Design, uh, MICA, My- Maryland Institute College of Art, um, Parsons Art Center in Pasadena. Um, but could you believe I did not want to go to a conservatory wow. type school? So <laughs> I really wanted a true university experience. And for me, that was Notre Dame, certainly. So 
Um, so yeah, so I still wanted to impact and you know make a difference in people's lives. When I got to Notre Dame, I started off pre-professional studies. It wasn't until I took Orgo my freshman year that I kind of course corrected and reevaluated things. Um, but luckily enough, I had a wonderful printmaking instructor, Jean Dibble. Um, she introduced me to medical illustration, actually. So I was considering that for my master's. Um, but I actually came back and I did my master's in nonprofit administration. It goes Very back cool. to that, you know, just doing impactful work that, that changes people's lives. Awesome. Well, did you have a particular medium that you really enjoyed? Um, so for me, it's definitely graphite and charcoal. I love drawing. I think it's way easier um, to sketch and draw than to manipulate paint with a paintbrush. I, I, I do practice uh, acrylics and oils, mm-hmm. um, but it's far more tedious. And yeah. it's, I just I love drawing and sketching awesome. from observation more than anything. Yeah. That's awesome. My goodness. I, we have to find some way to get you to Absolutely, do something. Or yeah. I'd maybe love we that. can have you. We, we do these things called ND shares. Ah. Uh, we did them before COVID. We're going to bring them back. Uh, but we'd love to have you be a part of that where you can share your talents. I would with love that. James Live. There that's we right. go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> love it. I love it. I'd love to be a part of that. So, Danielle, what was your first experience of Notre Dame? So I was first introduced to Notre Dame watching Rudy with my father. Yes. Um, it's just such a, such a great film. And um, I grew up also watching Notre Dame football with him on the weekends. So Saturdays, that was our thing. You know, I'm daddy's girl. So he always said, <laughs> oh, could you imagine? He's like, don't you want to paint gold on those helmets and, you know, be a football manager? Um, so obviously when I received my acceptance letter here, we planned a trip um, and Back then, actually, so I, I visited in 2007, and I remember distinctly, walk, I walked into the main building, and the admissions office was playing the Rudy song. Oh, so you can gosh. imagine, it came full circle, and I was just, the tears were streaming down mine and my parents' faces, oh, so oh. it was a special moment for us, certainly. Very nice. yep. Wow. What were your other choices, by the way? Um, so I was actually, my, my top choice was Columbia. I was waitlisted. Oh. Um, and I got into NYU. I really loved New York with my parents being from there. But mm-hmm. they, were, they were adamant that they didn't want their daughter mm-hmm. doing undergrad in New York City. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, What drew you to the university as the place you wanted to work? So for me, Notre Dame is a very special place, um, as I'm sure it is for so many others. I really love that Lou Holtz quote um, that says, for those who know Notre Dame, no explanation is necessary. And for those who don't, no explanation would suffice. But actually, for me, under my undergraduate experience was particularly <laughs> really rough. Um, mm. Being from Miami, it was a bit of a culture shock moving to the Midwest, Um, and also encountering my first real winter, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So it was a bit of a struggle. I definitely struggled in my classes, and my grades suffered a bit. Um, But I came back for my master's, and I really wanted to redeem myself. And that second chance for me was just so, so incredible. I remembered all the reasons why I chose that, Mm -hmm. uh, this institution, as my undergraduate, as my choice for my undergraduate studies. And, and, Specifically, that nonprofit administration program led me to want to do very impactful work that changes the lives of so many others. 
Um, so I figured what better 501c3 to work for than, mm-hmm. you know, Notre Dame. And nice. working in higher ed is, is, is really wonderful. And seeing so many students' lives, the trajectory of their lives completely changed just by the institution they attended. And so I really wanted to pay it forward and come back here. What dorm were you in? So I was actually in Farley Hall my freshman, sophomore year, and then I transferred over to Lions Hall junior, senior year. big transfer. Wow. Yeah. All my my friends were on South Quad. Mm. And at that time, North Dining Hall hadn't been renovated. (laughs) So everyone was going to South. And yeah. And I actually served as the hall manager of Howard Hall one summer. And I was also the hall manager of Walsh Hall another summer. Wow. And when I came back for my master's, I was in Flaherty one summer. So I've really bounced around. Which wasn't here when you were a student, right? No, it definitely was not here. That's got to be so weird. Wow. Yeah. You actually stayed in Indiana over the summer a couple times. Could you believe I did? Yes. (laughs) And it was just as hot and humid as Miami, Florida. that's true. That's true. (laughs) That big old thing called uh, Lake Michigan can sometimes act like the ocean as well. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, Danielle, tell us a little bit about your current position. So, as Associate Director, um, Leadership Annual Giving, I am a representative of the university who travels to different cities um, all over the country. As I mentioned before, I have the South region. Mm -hmm. um, So, I I cover a, a good chunk of the U.S., and I just, I, I have the privilege of working with a select group of individuals who really want to further the mission and engage with the university. Um, hearing some of the stories from our alumni, family, and friends is just so incredibly moving and touching. And, and it's really nice to reminisce with them about their memories and what mm-hmm. led them to Notre Dame. And everyone's story is so different, but it's, it's there's like this common denominator where, where you could tell, like, Everyone who, who's here belongs here. Mm. So it's nice. very, very special. Can you tell us a little about how the annual giving team uh, works together? Sure. So there are four other fundraisers that travel alongside me. Um, as I mentioned, I have the South region, so they're all um, in, in other different regions. Um, and then we also have our marketing and operations team. Um, and they plan all of our solicitations and emailing campaigns. Um, and then together, we, we come together and um, basically just provide updates for each other. Um, since some of us are on the road and then others are based in South Bend, um, working in Eddy Street. Um, and yeah, we, we work with the Giving Society. So that means Soren Society, the Rockne Athletics Fund, um, the John Cardinal O'Hara Society, as well as the Order of St. Thomas More. So what's been the most surprising part of your job, if you will? I mean, it shouldn't be surprising because Notre Dame is such a such an amazing place. But as I mentioned, I, I have the privilege of working with alumni, family, and friends. But I think I'm really always struck by the Subway alumni, mm. folks that have never even you know, attended. Obviously, I'm sure they've come for many games and mm-hmm. um you know, lots of visits to South Bend and campus, but just seeing the love and loyalty um, of folks who this isn't their alma mater and they're just so, so entrenched. Like they're just all about, all about ND and they really bleed blue and gold. And that's been really, really nice to see that people are so generous of, of their donations of, to a school that they didn't even attend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Well, so we were just talking about how you're quickly coming up on your one-year mark here, which is awesome. Can't um, believe it. <laughs> yeah, it's flown by. What advice would you give yourself if you could go back to day one on the job? I'd probably refer to one of my favorite quotes attributed to Leonardo da Vinci where he says, experience is the mother of all wisdom. Um, I think I was just so nervous starting off um, because I had never served um, as a fundraiser before. And it was it was just it was tough, you know. In that first meeting with the benefactor, I'm like, "Am I equipped to be here?" Like, Aww. I sure hope I am. Um, but yeah, so I because I had never um, actually been in that setting, it was it was a little nerve wracking to me. But once the the trips and the the visits started accumulating, I, I gained more experience and mm-hmm. confidence in my tool belt, and I just I carry that with me everywhere I go. So I think. I think I would have told myself not to worry so much. <laughs> it would come with time. <laughs> so Grace and I are members of the internal engagement team, and we work hard to uh, set uh, set the tone a lot with meetings and, and uh, the culture. Uh, obviously, everyone takes part in setting the culture here in university relations. So as someone who has been here for almost a year now, how would you describe the culture of UR uh, to someone thinking of joining our department? Um, I have to say I'm blown away. Um, I've worked at a lot of different places and the culture here is just incomparable to any other, mm-hmm. any other employee I've worked for. Um, I think everyone is very mission driven and oriented. Um, we all know what we're here to do and why we do it. I think there's so much passion, um, in our, in our group, in our team, um, and I, I also love, I love the fact that the fundraisers can be on the road and work, like, have a great autonomy and liberty, but then we all come together as, like, this really close-knit, unified group, mm-hmm. which is pretty impressive considering there's, like, 300 of us, right? So, right. but I just, it, it's just, it's been amazing. Like, I can't believe it's already been a year. I just love it. Nice. I love it every minute. Congratulations. Thank you so much. What's been your most meaningful or memorable experience with UR so far? I'd have to say our our summit. Um, I think that the programming for that was just so wonderful. Um, kicking it off with Tracy Graham's um, mm-hmm. speech to us was just so moving and so powerful. Um, and just all of the programming for anything that we put on you. Internal engagement is just oh, you guys shucks. blow blow my mind. <laughs> Everything is just always so so thoughtful and just it's wonderful. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Great. We didn't pay her to say no. that. <laughs> no, we did it. So Danielle, what do you hope to accomplish through the your work here at Notre Dame? The five hundred one C three, as you <laughs> called it. Yes. Um, I think it's just amazing to know. Notre Dame's longstanding history and traditions and, and knowing that this place is going to be around for centuries after me. During my little blip in time here, I would just like to really pay it forward. You know, I, I benefited from undergraduate financial aid and even fellowship aid for my master's. Um, so again, just paying it forward and making that change possible, affording that opportunity to other students mm-hmm. who merit to attend. Well, as James mentioned earlier, we're in the midst of the holiday season here. Um, So can you tell us a little about your family and how you celebrate this time of year? Sure. So as I mentioned, um, 
parents are Cuban, so the roast pork is a is you mm. know a given that's uh we celebrate nochebuena actually so that's our christmas eve and we have what's called a caja china which is this wooden box contraption where they have the the coals burning hot all day and then the the pig sits on top on like this like wire mesh type thing and Mm -hmm. gets the skin nice and crispy and i'm talking about this like i eat meat i actually don't (laughs) and so i stopped in 2014 Mm. um but hey that tradition still continues so my brothers partake in that now um and we also, this is a little odd tradition. So for, for, <laughs> for New Year's Eve, we actually, I think I've learned actually from Pablo Martinez that it isn't just a Cuban thing. It, it might just be a lot of different Latin American countries. We eat 12 grapes. Yes, I've heard about I have, that. Well, I think I just heard about that last <laughs> year. In one yeah. minute though, right? In one minute. Yes. <laughs> quick, quick, yes. quick. And I like to do like a little reflection of like what wow. I want each month as I'm like popping them oh, in. So, great. yeah. I like that. A little like meditation. Plan, yeah. Though, for a minute. Yeah, yeah. You have to have down. <laughs> what do I want in March? Like, that's awesome though. Yeah. So we talked about it earlier probably and maybe you like to do other things outside of work other than drawing. But what do you like to do outside of work, Danielle? So I actually don't have the space right now currently all my art supplies are in storage um so i i kind of downsized when i moved up here but i hope i hope to change that in the coming year and and practice more of my art but i'm kind of a history buff i love watching documentaries and reading i also love to cook i didn't mention in the previous question another tradition are my holiday pies i love to bake pies from scratch and i make Apple pie, pecan pie, pumpkin pie. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, wow. so I enjoy, I wow. love, I love baking in general. I, I love cooking, but baking more yeah. so. Yeah. I wonder if we could do a pie exchange one of these years. Not oh. whole pies, but like everyone makes a pie, and then you take a slice home, maybe, you know. I like good. that. Yeah. I like that. That's a good one, James. Yeah, nice. <laughs> um, if someone wants to strike up a conversation with you, what's one question or topic that would really get your attention? Probably food, health, as I mentioned, anything historical as well. Um, really passionate about those things, particularly passionate about food deserts and um, areas um, geographically that don't have access to fresh produce. Mm-hmm. Wow. And wow. It's just a, something that's just near and dear to my heart. In Miami, there's quite a bit of food deserts and, and, and folks that just rely on convenience stores or gas stations mm-hmm. or fast food chains um, for their meals and um, obviously like lower socioeconomic um, status households, you know, don't have that, that access or the resources. And so part of the reason why I studied um, nonprofit administration is with the hopes that I might be able to address this need mm-hmm. and start my own Nonprofit. I actually I, I work a lot at Cultivate Food Rescue. Oh yeah. Um, in the in the South Bend area, and I love what they do. And I just I hope to continue that and maybe start my own thing, mm-hmm. possibly. Just a little uh, Miami geography <laughs> question for you here. I hear a lot of, a lot about Little Havana down there 
and all the restaurants and the culture down there. Can yes. you describe what that oh, what that's like? It's just so vibrant and and lively and there's there's a great ice cream shop called Azúcar. Azúcar. Right. <laughs> um and it, it has this huge sculpture of Celia Cruz mm-hmm. on the front um with like, you know, uh guava flavored and you know, just Cuban uh native uh fruit. Yeah. Um flavors as well as the domino park where you see a lot of little old men you know angrily (laughs) yelling over dominoes um and the famous uh ventanita which is the little window where you order your cuban coffee from which is amazing if you need to have some espresso when you're in miami Okay. <laughs> All right. Miami, here I come. <laughs> well, Danielle, our time has flown by together today. It's been nice getting to know you a little bit more. But we've got five questions left to learn even more. Are you ready for our take five? Ready. Ooh. Let's go. Favorite winter beverage? Peppermint hot chocolate. Yes. Best way to spend a snowy day? Curled up with a book. Song that always cheers you up? Probably Oceans by Hillsong United. I like their their cover of it. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Best dessert you've ever had? That would have to be the Banana Cream Napoleon at RPM Seafood in Chicago. Wow. It's amazing. Wow. It was yeah. really, really great. Okay, and I'm not even a banana. A yeah. I'm not even a banana person. And it was just... To die for. Is that an Italian place? They RPM? do. So they have RPM steak, RPM Italian, and RPM seafood. Yep. All right. <laughs> um, favorite book for cozy reading? Ah. I'd say The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Is that also, is that a song by Coldplay, too? The Alchemist? <gasps> Could be. I think so, yeah. Great. <laughs> well, Danielle, thanks again for joining us. We hope you have a great holiday season and restful, restorative break for the new year. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. I wish the same for you. Oh, thank you. James, I know we usually go out on our closing jingle, but I think we need to jolly it up a bit. I think you're right, G. <laughs> Christmas spirit, activate! Happy holidays, everyone here from The Grace of Giving. I'm James Riley. And I'm Grace Prasniewski. And this has been The Grace of Giving Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, stay golden.